1: another episode of full court press presented to you by geek vibes nation i'm your host nick smith and joining
2: me tonight is luke Alves. what up luke not much man you know excited to finally talk some more draft um you know draft talk now that we know the crazy order of whatever just happened last week with the uh whole lottery <laughs> draft but very exciting very exciting you know excited to now put my mind exactly what the order is instead of me and you doing our hypothetical. Here's this and here's that, or you know. So now, now we know. And and kind of funny. I almost called it that the Knicks getting the number four pick. I did my what if was what if they don't fall, get in the top three and man getting number three. I bet every Knicks fan just shit themselves knowing that they could have got four. So lucky, lucky. <laughs> yeah
1: I mean I guess i mean they were they were projected i think uh like odds placement um i think their average pro- projection was like three point six or three point seven, so they ended up exactly where um where you know the odds would say they would be um either three or four and they ended up three um but still, like I don't think any Knicks fan is happy like <laughs> They're they're all devastated that they didn't get Zion. Um but hey, just real quick, because uh, you know, Juwan and I did a um a draft lottery recap show last Saturday. So uh anybody who hasn't seen that, be sure to go check that out. Um but uh you know, you you haven't been on for a little while. Just what are your what were your general thoughts with the order shaking out the way it did, with New Orleans getting one, Memphis two? Um, New York three, and the fucking Lakers getting number
2: four. I mean, I liked it. I think it's very interesting. It just um, you know, you can never have a, pa- a perfect draft reform. They always are changing it, but this one made right. it interesting. Uh, like just because so many things can happen. Like if you honestly think about it, like Knicks fans are mad that they got the number three pick. But you would be mad if you are the Cavs and the Bulls, who also had a 14% chance and slid right out yeah. of the top four. So
0: that my made Hawks. it really
2: interesting. And then you got, like, teams like the Hawks who are kind of doing it right. So I think it's kind of like now you're not going to see as much tanking because anything can happen. Like, you can be a decent team. Like, play well at home, you know, even if you're a bad team, try to get those wins. You're not just tanking or sending people because anything can happen. Um I like it for the small market t- teams winning it over the big market teams in the um, top four. I was telling uh, my buddy when I was watching it live, I was like, watch the NBA do something crazy instead of doing the scenario that we all think it's going to be Knicks, Lakers, uh, you know, Memphis, New Orleans. I, gonna, I, I said they're going to flip-flop it and, and ended up kind of crazily. Just It makes more sense. Yeah. Um, it kind of, you know, I just – the Lakers getting up there um, – I hate it. I hate it every minute of it. Um, they do not deserve <laughs> anything. I'm just happy that there's just wildfire going on in their organization. So them <laughs> getting the fourth pick, yeah. them getting the fourth pick isn't necessarily a great thing because it's kind of just like uh, we'll get into it more. But it's just one of those ones where you didn't get a top, you didn't get in the top three, so you got number four. Right. But still, them jumping up that far, it's just crazy. I mean, I like it. I think. Um, in years to come, because there'll be, I mean, people will complain and complain, and they'll probably, re, you know, change it up again. And, but I think, for the time being, it's, it's very interesting. It made it more exciting. Like, now watching the fan, you're kind of more excited, like, oh, man, oh, crap. Like, when I was just seeing people fly, like, I mean, it just—it happened so quick, just like one team getting up to the yeah. top four. So, I, I, I like it, honestly. I mean, there's no perfect way or scenario you can do this, so might as well. Make things interesting and just show the league that hey, you don't need to be tanking because it might not necessarily be the best thing in your odds.
1: Yeah, see, like here's here's my like one saving grace from it as a Hawks fan. I like a lot of a lot of my fellow Hawks fans think like, you know, oh, well, you know, we we're prime ready. We're like we're gonna make the playoffs next year. And I'm like, oh, slow your roll. We're not probably we're probably not gonna make the playoffs next year. I won't say like we won't because like. You know, we saw Sacramento almost make the playoffs this year. Um, And this – the Hawks team making a playoff-esque run next year would be similar to that. Um, But nevertheless, like, I I could see us right in that, like, 8, 9, 10 range uh, next season. And, like, you know, maybe we get lucky. I don't know why a Georgia – Like, any team from Georgia would ever get lucky, but, like, if we were to, maybe we move into the top four next season. Um, It does give teams with that that, uh, range, that 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 range, um, like, something to kind of look forward to and to have, like, hold some amount of optimism for um, going into the lottery. Uh, It it, it just makes it a a little – you know, a a little less rare that, that a team in that range would move up. Um, the fact that so many teams moved up, I I thought was very beneficial, um, almost, uh, um, uh, inscrutably beneficial to the NBA and what they're trying to, um, do as far as it pertains to tanking, um, you know, uh, just calling a spade a spade there, um, but nevertheless, uh, it definitely makes it more entertaining. I think they need to work out a better way to announce the picks. Like I think it ha- it all happens a little too quick. I think there could be more build up, pick to pick. I'd like to see that next year. It's just as in, as far as the presentation of it, because um, I think I think like you could almost do it like the draft, almost like where people talk about it. You give like a little, like, maybe not as much time. You don't have to have five minutes in between each, each. Um, uh, uh, you know, e- where each team is picking. But, like, having, like, a couple minutes, like, shoot over to, like, Woj and Rachel and, like, having all those guys, like, you know, be able to, like, chat a little bit, like, to, to really build it up and, like, to explain what every, how everything is happening and what, what it means. Like, the fact that the Lakers – weren't announced when they were supposed to be announced, like that would be a great opportunity for them to like pause for just a couple minutes and be like, well, fuck, like let's explain what this means for those of you who don't know. Like when the Hawks like were announced at eight, like holy shit, let's explain what this means. This means that three teams have now jumped over the Hawks, which means there will be two other teams – That move up, that means that Cleveland and Phoenix are moving down. Like this is crazy. Like like fuck. Um, I think that would be uh, somewhat beneficial just in their presentation. But uh, but hey, I I will say this: I don't necessarily like the new system. I was very um, uh, outward about that when it was approved. Um, But uh, I do think it makes for better television, <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe it does end, end up combating tanking somewhat, uh, though, you know, as I said earlier this season, I think it just it just moves tanking, the, the, like, the tanking needle um, back, because, like, we saw teams like Dallas and uh, the Lakers and, you know, other teams, like, say, fuck it, we're just going to, like, sit Fit people I mean like look at look at the lakers lineup to round out the season like they're playing alex caruso like huge minutes down the stretch of the season um so uh you know i i just think you're going to see a different form of tanking um but like you said there's no perfect fix there's no there's no way to wave a wand and make sure you know that it doesn't happen um but who knows we'll see uh you know, I mean, it's, it's obviously just the first year. We'll see how it pans out. But let's get into our mock. Um, so I kind of want to just start it off like this. Um, one, two, three. I have Zion obviously going to New Orleans, John Morant going to Memphis, R.J. Barrett going to New York. Um, do you have – is there – are there – Out well, Do you have a different two and three, um, I'll say? Um, Because obviously we all have Zion, number one. We don't have to belabor that point. Um, But uh, do do you see two and three the same way I do?
2: No, yeah. I mean, I have it exactly like you. I think the majority of everyone have it exactly like you. But here's where I want to – I got some kind of questions just because, you know, one, two, three is very easy. But, you know, I kind of want to not dive into them but give you some kind of interesting things. The one sure. is with the Pelicans. So check this out. If they're able to convince A D, you know, let's run it back, you know, Holiday's starting to look like a really good up and coming guard in mm-hmm. our league. Definitely really good defensively and all that. Now you got dial. Yeah. So if they right now realistically going into next season, they got about, you know, twenty almost twenty five million dollars to spend. It's not a super max yet, you know, we're not there yet. But now, if you can convince Do they AD have 25? to say, I don't think they have twenty-five, dude. They got it, dude. Trust me, they got pretty. It's they've got some money. They're eighty-six million. Are you, are you including so. the cap hold for Zion in that? Uh, might be like it's gonna be not that. Uh, I'm pretty sure I am, but I mean, still. But just here we go. I'm gonna give you more scenarios. So. Okay. If you're all able, right, right, but me. you know, so you you have some close. You have just realistically say you're close to twenty million. It's still a lot to play with. Sure. Sure. Now you can take Solomon Hill's contract where everyone's telling you trade, trade, trade it, but you weren't gonna get anything. Now it's expiring. Now if you convince mm-hmm. A D, hey, stay and play with Zion, now you can trade Solomon Hills. I think he's gonna get paid like oh um, not eighteen million, but he's getting paid a lot. It could be eighteen million. It's like twelve so or convince, fifteen. It's it's not egregious. I mean it is that off the play, box, but, Right. If you get that off the books with the future first round. You're looking at you know you could possibly go get a max now, and I'm yeah no I think I think you would have to move both Hill and
1: um, and more, um, but I, I again I don't think that's impossible if you're they're both expiring um, they they end up being I think around twenty one million dollars like it's like let's say for instance if I'm the Hawks um, who have cap space if I'm the Hawks and you're like, we want you to take this $21 million, we'll give you our first round pick next season, like, yeah, I'm going to fucking take that. Like, no fucking doubt. And I do think you're correct. That would – the if, if you got off of both of those without taking any money back, that would open up max cap spot because your, your only major contracts would be Anthony Davis, uh, Drew Holiday, which are both not even in the thirty million dollar range. They're in the, the the high twenty, mid to high twenties, um, and then Zion would be just under ten.
2: Okay, so check it. So this is okay. So they'll have eighty-eight million. So this is with Zion's contract, but this is Julius Randle opting out because the Julius Randle's contract mm. is basically going to be with Zion. He will opt out. So this is with Randle. So this is with Randall's contract out the down Zion taking the place. So right, they, they have eighty-eight. So they do have twenty-six. So that means they could, if they realistically want to keep each more and get Solomon Hill and still have money to get a max. So there you, go. you do have some pieces now, and New Orleans is looking like it could be interesting. So it just puts the whole, like, you know, out of, like, not pressure, but like, what do you do as an organization? Can you convince Anthony Davis to say, I mean, Zion's not going to be good right out the gates, but if you get like a... A Butler, because you remember he was always rumored to trade there beforehand, and you got Butler, Holiday, and Davis. That's a good one, two, and three. And now you're letting Zion do uh, maybe, the thing. maybe, maybe you trying to be a your top team. To yeah, I mean, hey, if you wanted to go guard guard and go Kyrie, you know, Holiday, Anthony Davis, and Zion, uh, they could definitely do a lot of things. So it it makes them interesting because they can go from a really bad team or Convince Anthony Davis to stay, do some, you know, trades and now your terrible Solomon Hill thing's not as bad and you can trade it away for a future first round and now you could vault yourself to a top four team. So I just think that's uh New Orleans is in a very um, interesting place. Um, you know. So d- my next yeah, I don't, my next one is I think uh,
1: let me well let me comment on that just real quick um, obviously Anthony Davis came out like immediately or his camp dead and said he still wants to be traded now they do have the luxury of, of um, you know basically uh, you know waiting until the trade deadline um, but with that being said with him coming out and saying that I like I don't waste any time um, I try to get the me personally, if I was David Griffin, I would try to get the best deal possible. I absolutely believe Gail Benson came out and, or didn't like come out and announce, but like, um, I believe the report that she said, like, over my dead body, we're trading him to the Lakers. And then she came out and said, Oh, well, no, I didn't actually say that. Yeah, no, you're just you, like, I, m- my best guess is David Griffin was like, Hey, like, you need to come out and say you didn't say that because we need, um, we need them to drive up the market on the other teams, even if we don't plan on trading him to the Lakers. Like, we we can't let the Knicks or the Celtics or anybody else like know that that's the case. Um, so that, that's kind of what I'm thinking here. I, I mean, they're all saying, like, you know, whether it be Gentry or, or, or whether it, it be David Griffin, that they would love to keep him and pair these two guys up. Like, 80 has gone he I do not think they're going to keep him. I would be totally surprised if when the season starts that he's still on that team. Um I would be um I I would be even more shocked if he's on this team past the trade deadline. Um and I don't think um I I still don't think uh, like a you're going to get like a max level uh, guy to come in there and and to keep him there um like i think if you if you really want to try to keep him what i would be shooting for instead of that yes move out of hill and get um more off your books and then try to get like guys that would like potentially like get go get like a bullion bogdanovich um who's not going to cost you the max um, he's going to cost you a lot of money, but like, you still have a little room to play a point guard and then maybe you can get a Patrick Beverly or, you know, um, God, dude, could you imagine Patrick Beverly and fucking drew holiday fucking garden through the fucking perimeter? <laughs> like Jesus, that would be a fucking amazing. Um, but like, you know, something like that, maybe even like a Gary Collison. Um, cause he would like, I don't think he's going to have a hefty price tag. Um, <laughs> Like I, that is where I think if you're realistically looking at the scenario, that's what you'd be looking for. Nobody's going um, to commit a, to a long-term max contract there, with with it being in the back of their head that Anthony Davis might still walk the following season.
2: Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, I just I wouldn't be pressured to trade Anthony Davis in. I have all the free agency to wait for. I mean, I can trade them right before the season starts and all that. So I just, being the Pelicans, yeah, yeah. I would try to oh, convince I would them. I'd wait until after the draft. Yeah, I'd be like, let us show you. Yeah, I'd be like, let us show you what we can possibly do and reconsider. So my next one is the John Morant situation. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I love being able to draft John Morant for Memphis and him and Triple J playing um, together and just growing. It's going to be a very nice combo. So that makes me think about Memphis and a lot of bad decisions Memphis has always done. And it gets to me thinking, do they finally stop holding on to Conley and finally just trade him? And what if is you his trade value John Morant, for? fucking have to, right? But I mean, but is Conley not a good person to learn under? I mean, you know, for a ja to like be able to, like, not have it out of day one. Be able to learn from Dude, him. He's from got like a, a really he's good got point an card. early
1: termination option the very next year, though. Like, I, I would say this. You have to trade him by the deadline. You don't have to trade him before the start of the season. So if you want Jaw to learn under him for the first, you know, part of the season. But, like, here's the thing. Like, if if I am Memphis, I don't want Jaw coming in. And then I, I want him to be a starter immediately. Like, I don't want him coming in and, like, coming off the bench for the first half of the season. Like, I, I mean, I, I can see why, um, like, a team or, or anybody might think that that's a good option. But, like, I just want to see what I got. Like, we saw it with the Hawks last season. Yeah, Trey struggled, um, like, like, out of the gate. But, like, I think because he had that extra time, like, he started to, like, really – things out. He started to – and if you have a good player, if you have a smart player like I think John Moran is, um, I think you play him early and you let him figure it out on his own because um, he will. Um, so I think the whole notion of um, like having a, 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 like a mentor figure, um, I, I think it's so overrated. Look at how it worked out for um, the Kings with De'Aaron Fox. Like De'Aaron Fox, they had George Hill and De'Aaron Fox. Like played like behind him, but like they they switched it up halfway through the season, and he was still kind of shaky. And then in year two, we saw what De'Aaron Fox could do. They should have just given the fucking reins to De'Aaron Fox to begin with and let him figure it out. Because um, if you have somebody who's really good, they're going to figure it out. You don't need them to learn from somebody. And in fact, like. I think the better solution, um, and, and this is kind of what the Hawks did, um, they they brought in Jeremy Lynn so he could like learn some things from Jeremy Lynn but still be the starter. Um and and I think that is that is what I would be looking at if I'm Memphis. I would not be keeping Mike Connolly even at the start of the season. I would be looking to shop him for what whatever I thought was the best value that I could get in return for him.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking the same way. And, I mean, you know me right now. I mean, we've already discussed it before. Um, I feel like a lot of people, especially Celtics fans, think this is a bad idea. But I would trade all the way for Mike Conley. Um, I think Dude, him and Horford would be a great – he'd be a great duo with him and Horford and the young guys. Um, just, Yeah. I think any team that he could get onto, to, like even – like a Jazz or, you know, some other, like, team like that, maybe in the Pacers. Like, he's, he's just a really good point guard for other players, and he's very smart. I mean, if you need him to hit a shot, he'll do it. But he's going to be a very team-friendly. So I think he has a lot of, like, kind of a lot of trade. But there's a lot of teams that have money and they are going to strike out. But if I'm a team, for say, if I'm Danny Age, I'm not letting any team. I'm going to try. It. If I know Kyrie's out the door, I'm not – or if I'm a team that needs a point guard and I know I'm not going to get anything, I'm trying to make a trade fast for Conley and not let him sit on the market to where now I'm having to do a bidding war. Right.
1: No, dude, like I – yeah, you and I have discussed this.
2: I would totally trade
1: Gordon Hayward and the number 14 pick for him, and like I I think I posted this recently and kind of caught a little bit of shit for it because people are like – like Gordon Hayward is fucking terrible this season. Yeah, well no shit. He just come back from broken leg. Like like dude, do you not remember that it took Paul George a season like to get back to like playing competitive basketball? Um it, it, that's just that's how that kind of thing works. So I don't think like I don't think Gordon Hayward is like washed. Like breaking your leg um that doesn't that's not why he's lost a step. Um, like, but and I think people forget that it's not like an ACL or an Achilles tear or anything like that. It that doesn't prevent your athleticism. It's it's the fact that like because he broke his leg and was out for so long, his conditioning wasn't right. It you know he's like bones heal. It's muscles and tendons that you really have to worry about. But it still takes a while for you to get back into that shape that you were in before the injury. We saw it with like I said, Paul George. We're gonna see it play out with Yusuf Nurkic. It's gonna be a year before he's right again, at least. Um but like I, I think because the salaries match, um, if if you're Memphis, you would be getting um a very good asset in the number 14 pick. Uh, like, I, I like I know people are like, well, this draft is really shallow. Yeah, there's still a lot of really good players available at 14, um, especially if you're Memphis because you just have so many needs. So it's not like you're like, well, you know, well, this guy's available there, but he doesn't fit. Like, no, there's plenty of guys who are available there um, who would totally fit your system. Like, honestly, what I would be looking at is – Um, making that trade and then like hope, like, like thinking like Grant Williams would be like the guy that I would want there if I was Memphis. Like if I could have jaw, um, Hayward, Grant Williams, and then fucking, uh, triple J playing the five and then, you know, whoever playing the two and then whatever other pieces I got on my roster, maybe Dylan Brooks playing the two, um, like. That's a really intriguing lineup to me, and I would I would totally like that. Um, I uh, And then, you know, obviously if you're Boston, if you get Conley, you know, I think you just – you basically just move Marcus Smart into the starting lineup, slide Brown to the three, uh, keep Tatum at the four and Horford at the five, and then, you know, when you go big, you bring Baines in and, um, you know, uh, take one of those guys out. Um, but like, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think it makes a lot of sense to me. I think it's funny that it doesn't make sense to a lot of Celtics fans, uh, as far as from what you've seen. Um, and as far as from what I've seen, I guess from either casual fans or non-Celtics fans, it doesn't make sense to Memphis people. To me, like, that's when, you know, when you've got both sides that are like, no, this is terrible. Like, that's. Sometimes a uh, you know a, a precursor to actually having a reasonably good trade because fandom is fickle.
2: Oh yeah, fandom is definitely fickle. So my next one is Knicks with RJ Barrett. So <clears throat> I'm disappointed uh, with Knicks fans not just because I mean RJ Barrett's a great player and they should be happy they're getting a top three, but. He, to me, is only a trade piece because he makes no sense on this team. Don't get me wrong. He's the best available player. You're not skipping on anyone. You're not going for this random. I heard it was really there. Hold on one second. (coughs) He makes no sense
1: on this team as currently constructed or he
2: makes no sense on this team. Currently constructed. Wow. Like, no. Wow. Just listen. Hear me out. Just hear me out. I'll tell you in a second. Okay. It just doesn't make sense to the team. I know everyone's going for free agency and all that, and you can do some things. But R.J. is the type of player that he's a drive-and-then-kick kind of a guy. And I don't see three-pointers that he's like shooters that he's kicking to. I see him kind of running into the Duke issue where, yeah, he's playing around some good people, not anyone like really spectacular and great, but he's not being able to do what he's able to do. So now you're going to figure out and shut him down (coughs) driving so who's really, like, not a three-point shooter? Traer's um, not a great three-point shooter. I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, who, and he needs the ball in his hands. So uh, that's, like, his, like, you know, how he, he navigates. It's just, he likes to drive, and, like, you know, he he kicks it out the shooter. So currently, like, constructed. Don't see him making sense, So In my mind, like, a lot, the, a lot of the younger guys, they're just trade pieces to me right now, and they're just all in on free agency.
1: No, I mean, I hear you there. I do think RJ could work there in, in like, numerous amounts of ways because, number one, um, Dennis Smith Jr., who you just traded for and is, you know, a a quote-unquote point guard, is not a facilitator. So um, that's not what he does best. The fact that RJ kind of does fit that role, um, like – Makes a lot of sense to me why he could fit with him. Now we saw it not work with Luca and him, um, with Luca and Dsj. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it wouldn't work with you know somebody else. Um, so I you know I think I I would be optimistic that if if I'm a Knicks fan that even if they were to somehow miraculously miss out on any sort of, um, you know, free agent market. Um, I would feel okay having RJ and the guys that I have with the future cap space and all the picks and everything else. Um, but I, I get where you're coming from. I do because, um, you know, DSJ, not a great shooter. Kevin Knox. Oh God, you know how I feel about Kevin Knox. Um, like a, a abominable shooter, like just atrocious. Um, like I, I, I can't, I, I, I can't like <laughs> get across to, to Joel just how bad of a shooter he is. Like Joel's like, ah, he's not that bad. I was like, yeah, yeah. Not? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, he's really bad. Um, as far, as far as just his efficiency is, is terrible. Um, and uh Trier, I do like Trier. I actually really do like Trier. Um I don't think he was terrible uh from from like like shooting mid range or um from from long distance. Um I think he was about league average as far as three-point percentage. I don't have the, the numbers in front of me, but I feel like the last time I looked at it, he was like 35%, 36% from three, which is fine, um, especially for a rookie season. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, and, and, of course, um, you know, uh, uh, Mitchell Robinson ain't hitting shit, like, outside of, like, five feet from the rim. Um, so I do see where you're coming from there, and RJ is not, like... He's not like a good shooter right now. Like he takes them, he's not afraid to take them, um, but he he's not like a, a great um, uh, range shooter, um, and he uh, isn't really a great free throw shooter. Which you know um, that you know a high high percentage free throw shooter um, usually is a better use of projection um, towards. Three-point shooting for most players, uh, at, you know, going from college to NBA, um, and he's not even that. I think he's like sixty-five to sixty-seven percent, something like that, on the year. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, all of that is is, is of concern. Um, but to me, like, if you're the Knicks, like, how, how invested are you in? Anybody on your team other than Mitchell Robinson?
2: Oh, a hundred percent. That's why I said they're all in on free agency because you literally just name that starting five. Like, if you were to like not get anything, and that sounded absolutely terrible to me. Like, none of it fit. It was just like, yeah, clogging, no, I mean, running into each other, just terrible, terrible. A lot of it's, really it's, they're, bad. They're they're football. a hundred percent all in on free agency. I'm telling you Well you know what's like, fun. Because, uh, don't get me wrong you know what you know what's
1: great about this team though uh Luke is you would have four guys outside of Mitchell Robinson who all think I'm a fucking baller. Like D S J you no know he thinks he's a baller. He's gonna take any shot in, in whatever. Lonzo Trier, baller son, gonna take all the shots. Fucking Barrett, same thing, Knox. Same thing. Like, yeah. It'd be a lot of
2: really ugly ISO
1: fall if that's what their lineup is up being next year. But that see, that's my point. Even if they strike out on free agency, I'm not married to any of those guys. I you know. Uh so like it, if that does happen, like I'm like, all right, well we got R J. We got Robinson. Maybe Trier's a thing. Maybe Dennis Junior can like figure things out, maybe not scan. I don't know. But like, um, I'm not. I'm not panicking because uh, you know you still have the cap space, you have the, the draft picks. You're going to be in the lottery again next year, and you're probably going to be the worst team in the league again next year. Um, and maybe, hey, maybe the results work out better for you uh, next time. But yeah, I, I I see where you're coming from. I totally agree with you that he is a he is an asset. Um, he is definitely going to be used along with other pieces. Um, in some way, shape, or form to try to get you um, better talent to surround KD um, and wh- whoever else they get, whether it's Kyrie, Kimba, Jimmy Butler, whatever.
2: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting um, for the Knicks. Um, I hope nothing but, you know, the worst for them. But, you know, hey, I do like the relevant New York team, so it makes it better for the league
1: yeah that's very true um all right uh let's get into the real minutiae of this podcast. Um, the number four pick because this is where things really get interesting uh, like who goes where number four uh Lakers and that I know that just pains you to hear
2: um, who do you got going for to the Lakers? So, um, like I was saying earlier, um, I like, I don't like the Lakers being – but uh, and then again, it's nothing better for them because it's <clears throat> it really doesn't help them besides just being a, a trade asset because I'm now looking at, like, okay, first off, this is a LeBron team. They're on a three-year window. So, any of these guys really coming in and giving you that three-year window? I mean, everyone – I've been seeing a lot of people going with um, – DeAndre Hunter out of um you know Virginia, Ooh. but just I don't yeah. see that being like LeBron being like that yeah, either yeah that that really tipped the cap for me guys, like I just don't right. see him I mean yeah, he's getting to college, and I don't see him in that three year like period, so now I've been like really like thinking about him, like, man, who's just like someone that LeBron can play with that can get his shot and create on his own end. I'm going back to a guy who I had number four at my first mock draft, and you kind of wow. alluded at it when we were talking earlier. I'm going with Darius Garland. I went back, oh, okay. and I watched some film about him again. I've watched you know, one of his games that uh, that he had before he got injured, and he knows how to create his own shot. He knows how to get he does. his own bucket. I mean, he definitely He's, does. He but has all shades th- of Damian Lillard going on. Yeah, so he knows how to do that, but also if I'm the Lakers. I'm saying a big fuck you to the other teams that really need another point guard. And they're like, right. oh, like the Suns or the Bulls to make it drive up even more my trade assets. So, I, like, yeah. he, like no player I feel like right now is going to play with LeBron or, like, you know, take him over that. But I feel like Garland, if he were to be with him, you know, he can get his own shot. Um, you know, he's obviously promised something at the draft combine. If he's, like, the, the three above him didn't need to do anything, measurements, and they got, you know, they all have, no, and they're going top three, but he's the other person that didn't go get anything. He got a promise, and I just feel like, you know, if I'm the Lakers, I want as much trade value as I can get in this, and now I see a lot with, um, you know, me holding Garland. Now Suns, Bulls are kind of in a position. Or I can go to Wizards and be like, yo, here's Garland and Ingram. Let me get Beal, and that works out because, you know, Wizards are going to need, you know, they don't necessarily. They do have the atrocious John Wall contract. I'm not trading out for Ingram, all next, but but you know it's scary for Ingram. I mean, you could put it, it's something else in there, but I mean, you put it around Garland to go get Beal, but you know you could give them, you you tell them like you have a whole year with Garland figuring out, and then you, they could play next to each other and all that. So there's a lot of trade value in getting Darius Garland right here because I just very true. I don't see a I don't see a Culver or DeAndre Hunter. Or any of these guys like really helping, and, and then a center, I don't see any defensive centers really.' I'm not, ju- no. I'm not taking a leap that high, so might as well take a leap on a guy that actually looked really good and like the small amount of games that he was played, and he's going to be able to work out for teams, and he knows how to get to his shot. And that's just really just like key in today's NBA. like, can you create on your own and can you get to, like, can you get to your shot? And he, he looked out of all the rest of these guys. Because like like we said, it get, it goes from four to about twenty. It's to your preference of people and what you think on what team. I mean, I, I've got some crazy things going on later on, but yeah. So I went with Garland. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I uh, I I you know we obviously uh, Joanne and I covered
1: the uh, recent news that uh or a rumor I guess um, that the Bulls are potentially interested in trading for Lonzo. Um. Like, if I'm the Lakers, I'm totally calling up the Suns and being like, hey, we're taking Garland at four. Like, do you want Lonzo for six? Because, like, I mean, honestly, would you prefer Lonzo Ball? Like, proven, like, good defensive player, proven facilitator. Yeah, he struggles to shoot. But, like, dude, like, he would be great for your backcourt to pair with Booker. Um you know, Would you rather have him or, or or would you would you rather, like, roll the dice on Kobe White because you need a point guard? Um, unless you want to make Devin Booker your point guard, but it, it, I don't think that's the best move for you. Um, so, like, with that being said, I, I, if Polinka is smart enough and, and calc- calculable enough to, to pull that off, I think that would be my move. Um and, like, I, I, I'm not going to say that this is my scenario. Um, like, I'm not going to, like, say, like, I'm, we're not including trades in this in this thing per se, if you want to, fine. But I, I, I wasn't really um, – but I definitely would bring that to the table. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if you do that and you are able to get four and six, then, like, I would – definitely take Culver because you know Garland's going to be there at six because, you know, Cleveland's not going to take him at five. Um, So that would be, like, the best-case scenario for the Lakers is you have Culver and Garland, and you can, like, utilize them because, like, to me, that's the kind of package that could get you Bradley Beal. Like, I'll give you Culver. I'll give you Garland. I'll give you, I don't know, uh, uh, Kuzma and you know, a, a future first. Like that's a really fucking good package to get for Bradley Beal. Um so like yeah, I I um I don't know. I I'm gonna go Culver because I think they're gonna make some kind of move on the fringes. Um now if they were to trade with the Bulls, I think they go Garland because they know they, they would think that the Suns would take Garland, and there's not, like, Kobe, the drop-off between the hype of Garland and Kobe White is, is significant, whereas the drop-off between uh, Culver, Hunter, Cam uh, is not as significant. Um, so a lot of things can change this. Like we said, there's so many moving parts that are going to have to happen to see who actually picks But for now, I'm going Culver with the notion that maybe they can trade um, with the Suns. Um, But, yeah, so anyway, Culver, for me, number four. All right, number five, Cleveland, who you got?
2: (laughs) Okay, so you kind of, like, almost stole, like, what I was going to say before when we were talking about So Here's my theory with Cleveland. They have all the – like, for me, like, in my scenario – They have all the writing on the wall to make the good, smart, kind of like, you know, smart play and taking um, Culver. But hear me out. I feel like Cleveland's (laughs) the type of team that likes hype and, you know, and like a higher ceiling in a player and um, more offensive threats. And especially with their new coach and Jim um, Bayon, you know, he's a very offensive minded coach. Um, he likes to develop sure. and all that. And I feel like he could definitely help a player that looked like he kind of lost his way on, you know, a really kind of stacked team. And I'm going with Cam Reddish here. Um, it just, it's the sexy pick for them, for the cabs. Um He, he, don't get me wrong, I do not like, in my, like, like, you know my big board. He's not ranked that high because if you watched him at Duke, you know he just degressed right. tremendously. Game the game, but I just feel like they feel, they could be the team. Be like Jim, you could save this kid and make him a very offensive-minded weapon, and he could play really well next to Sexton, and he would and be taking three absolutely terrible next to Sexton. That's the problem. Oh, he would be well, fucking also horrible. I mean, but you're selling them on the offensive. i just feel like, Reddish still has the oh, I, higher I agree. offensive threat side. So, I, I like I said in the beginning, the smarter picks the Culver, but they want the yeah. sexier pick, and I feel like Reddish is just written Cavs all over him. So I went with Cam Reddish. Yeah, no, I I actually literally
1: for the last like week I've stopped the same thing like reddish just like it it screams Cavs pick to me Um, but I think the reason I kind of changed my mind on this was because of their coaching hire John Beeline like he I'm not necessarily certain that he'll get a say in this but if he does get a say in this I think he will kind of read between the lines and be like look like I don't think I don't think like not that Cam Radish like doesn't have potential. Like and you sure he's got the highest ceiling of anybody like left on the board, like you know, like people say he could be the next Paul George. I mean I personally I don't see that, but like there are people who say it. Um but like um I I <laughs> I just don't like the fit between him and Cam um, essentially, because uh, or not? I'm sorry. Uh, him and um, uh, Sexton, because Sexton is not a facilitator. Like he, like he's not going to put Cam in positions to like make shots um, or, or or to um, get easy baskets. Um, and and that is would be very very worrisome uh, to me. Now you know, if it were up to me in the, in the scenario that you painted Culver would be the perfect fit um, because he can, he's a, honestly more of a facilitator than, um, than a sexton. Uh And so like that would kind of end up working out where you kind of have your shooting guard being more of your facilitator and your point guard being more of your um, like, like scorer. Um, but no, I still totally see him um, making that move. Um, you know, for me, because Culver is already off the board, it's really hard for me at this point to, like, look at who is available and think who fits well with Sexton. He's a tough fit, man, because um, he's really more of a, a shooting guard. He's like an Allen Iverson type, not to not say he's, like, in that same uh you know, I, I hate to say that because um, he's not in, even in the same breath. But, like, he's that type of player. Like, he's an undersized shooting guard. Um, but um, being that uh, they would not have the luxury of taking Culver, that I don't think Reddish would fit. Um, I, like, I think ultimately, you know, Dan Gilbert and company – um, you know, just kind of get enamored with, you know, the whole, the college aspect of everything, and they say, look, dude, DeAndre Hunter, he led his team to a fucking national championship, man. Like, this kid, like, he plays defense, he can shoot, um, he has all of the adequate tools, um, like, he he may or may not be able to contend off the dribble, like, that's yet to be seen. It's It's, it's the fact that he kind of at, at times struggled with that in college, uh, even though it's in the ACC, which is obviously the most competitive league um, in, in college basketball. But even still, like, you're still taking a huge leap up from that to uh, the NBA. Um, so that that would obviously be concerning, but I think they just kind of talked themselves into DeAndre Hunter there. Um, just m- my personal feeling, I, I, like I said, I, I thought it would be – like. Up until, like, a, you know, a couple days ago, I thought it would be Cam. Um, but I, I do think they kind of, kind of, backward, in some kind of backwards way, talked themselves into DeAndre Hunter at that position. So that's what I'm going with. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, number six. And um, that would be the Phoenix Suns. Who you got the Phoenix Suns taking?
2: So I got the Suns, you know, Garland's off the board and all that. So I'm kind of thinking like who would play really well for them defensively to help out for Devin Booker being not that great. deep Well, just terrible defense. And Aiden, a zero on defense too. And you got to help out one position. And I think it's easier on the free agency market to help out on the guard than a big man. So I went with um, – he can be considered, you know, a leap here. But I went with Brandon Clark. Um, might not have the highest ceiling out of the rest of the guys, but I think the highest floor. I mean, so in the draft combine, they put him with the small forward because he kind of just measured out to there, even though he's definitely not a small forward. But still in everything, I mean, placed the, number one in agility. So he's he's faster than any small forward and, and power forward. So he's, he's really quick on his feet and all that. Now, he didn't. Had the greatest measurements, but he's just a really smart, springy defensive guy, and I feel like next to Aiton, he'd do really well. And I'm with you that in my scenario, and in this like what like this world, that the Suns are now going to the Lakers and being like, what's it gonna take to get Lonzo Ball to be so? If I have Ball, Booker, um, Brandon Clark, and and the other Aiton, that's not that bad. I mean, who's I think, shooting you know, the T.J. ball? Warren, well, you, it's unfortunately TJ Warren would be a good person to trade to the Lakers. I think like he'd be actually a good person, but I mean yeah. Booker's going to be shooting the ball all day for you. Well, I mean that's what you want Booker to do you shoot need the more ball than one
1: guy, though, or DeAndre okay.
2: Ayton to shoot the ball down low. Well, you have Lonzo ball and see this is this I
1: reminds mean, me of like when Jawan was talking about how he would like Zion to go to go to them and like. You know, like obviously, if if the Suns had got number one overall, they'd take Zion. But like, it still begs the question of like, who's shooting the ball? That um, there's not going to be a lot of spacing on that team. Um, now, I'll say this: if if you it, like, if you take Clark and you try to spread eight now, because like, here's the thing: eight didn't shoot any fucking threes hardly last year, but he's got range, like he's he's got a fluid jump shot that they could try to expand um out to the corner um and 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 I definitely think he has the potential to be a league average like 34 to 36 percent um shooter from three um so I don't I don't hate the Brandon Clark pick I just don't like the notion of like taking that pick and then and then trading for Alonzo who's also not a good shooter. Like, at that point, I'd be like, let's take him and go get Terry Rozier. Like, that that would be where I, my, my head would be.
2: No, I mean, Rozier would fit well, too, and you wouldn't have to trade. It's just, you know, I... I basically, in my mind, it's a very dated system, but um, I'm trying to run the triangle with Devin Booker and um, DeAndre, basically, Ooh. and some sort of guard to help out, and I feel like Lonzo's that that guard to go to a backdated system where we're running the triangle and Brandon Clark just kind of floats around, does his thing. His mid-range game's been getting better. And defensively, sure. just him and Lonzo just would make up just so much for the, the, you're getting a zero big time from Hayton and Devin Booker on the defensive end. So, but don't get me wrong, Rozier would be good and you could trade, but like, so that's why, I mean, the Suns, if they're just in one of those positions where they kind of got screwed slipping down, but, I mean, Brandon Clark has a really just a very interesting floor to me. Just he's like like I said, there's he's probably way down there in the and the you know ceiling, but like really if you really look at his game and like what he did at the combine, I mean, I think in his the agility, the jumping, he's in the top three, and he's in a it's crazy. They put him with they put him in with small forwards. So if you're thinking he's really a power forward, just He's just gonna—he's gonna be able to move quickly. Yeah, he might not be that tall, and his wingspan not be that great, but I feel like he's gonna make up for it. He's just got one of those oh, motors yeah. that it's just—he just—he's not a Draymond Green, but he could be a poor man's Draymond Green and still be a very yeah. valuable asset.
1: Yeah, no, I like Clark a lot. I—I—I um, I, I think he needs the the perfect fit, um, but I do like him a lot. Um, all right, I—I. Uh, I, I can see where you're coming from other than the Lonzo trade. Um but as far as the, the Clark pick, I I do um I do think there is potential there. Um and I I do think there is definitely potential that he could be like one of the six best players that come out of this draft. So, uh so in that regard, you know, I can't knock you. Um as far as for me, uh it, w- it would be Garland and like I said, I would think this would be like a Garland for Lonzo kind of swap. Um, even if, uh, even if it, it played out and, and the trade didn't happen beforehand, I still think if you're Phoenix, I think Lonzo just fits your team better than Garland, um, you know, for, for the sake of defense. Like, you need to have some perimeter defense, and Booker's just not giving you anything. So, um, so, I mean, I think in that sense, even if the Lakers don't, like, sort of micromanage, manipulate, what have you, their way into to getting what they want out of it, um, I think that makes a lot of sense. But even if it doesn't, Darius Garland, uh, I mean, you would, you would have, like, one of the best young offensive backcourts in the league, um, if not the best. Uh, and, you know, that's, there's something to be said for that. It'd be a lot of fun to watch that team. Um, Again, I I would worry a little bit about like how many shots Garland would be able to get um, or potentially how many he would take away from Booker and how that would um, how that would actually work. But like if, if he's available at six, the suns do not pass on him. Uh, So that's why I got him going Garland.
2: Um,
1: All right. Uh, Chicago Bulls, number seven,
2: what you got? Man, poor Bulls, um, you know, they just really needed a point guard, you know, they're, I think they're all in on the job thing, um, you know, I, it's just, it, there's no person, you know, you're not going to take Culver for me, he's still on my board, or DeAndre Hunter and all that, so don't get me wrong, my pick is Kobe White, he's, n- I mean, he's still got a lot of upside, but he's, still a far a couple of years away from sh- like fully getting to that upside. He has a lot of things he's going to have to work out. It's not going to be a first year, or second year kind of thing. You can see maybe by year three, you're really starting to see him. But I mean, then again, if I'm Chicago, I'm kind of in one of those plans where I'm just, I'm kind of in the rebuild for the long run. Um, so, you know, he, he, he would make sense with my two, my two big guys down low, and Wendell Carter. And I'm uh, marking in, and so, I mean, yeah, you're not getting the, the job Moran or Darius Carlin, but Kobe White did show a lot. Um, he's definitely helped this case. I mean, in March Madness, he helped his case out big time and all that. So uh, it's just he's one of those players that it's not getting you any better, but I do think the Bulls are in it for the long run here.
1: Yeah, man. Wow. It's. I've got a lot of thoughts on this. I also have have Kobe White here at seven, um, but if Jarrett Culver is available, um, I, I know Kobe White has has made like an impact and risen up the board, and you know like. Like, all these prospects between, like, I'd say 4 and, like, 10 or 11 are, like, so close and interchangeable. Um, But, like, if Culver is available, the fact that he does have some kind of – he he kind of can be a facilitator. um, Like, you wouldn't want him to handle the ball for you all the time. But, like, being able to, like, facilitate in the half court, like, he can totally do – I think if that were to be the case, I, I would just kind of slide Levine over to the point, even though he wouldn't actually be the point guard. Um, he wouldn't be the facilitator of the offense. I give the reins over to Culver there, um, and just you know, kind of try to pair those two up because, like, honestly, like I feel like you're getting better defense from Culver. Um, you're not getting quite the. Playmaking that you would get from Kobe White, but you're getting so many other skills that are just better, um, uh, especially on the defensive end. Um, that I, I just can't imagine they would pass over um, pass over him. And and like and here's the other thing, um, like I was, and I know we talked about this earlier, and you even brought it up in previous mocks. Um, if, if you get Culver, and then you get, like, m- maybe you go out and sign Terry Rozier, and, like, then you're, you know, you could look at bringing Levine off the bench as your sixth man. Yeah, you just paid a shit ton of money, and he, he'd probably feel flattered about it and all that, but, like, he would make great sense as a sixth man, um, and I, I don't know, I think – that may be your better option if Culver is available. Um, If he's not, it depends on who's available. But I don't know. I I do want to ask your opinion on that before I, you know, um, give
2: my reasoning. I was going to chime in real quick. No, I was going to chime in real quick. Here's my thing about Culver, and I understand everything you're saying. The whole guard thing of Levine, Culver, and then Chris Dunn is just absolutely, like, sickening. It is terrible – all around, it sounds like a, just a whole mess of all of your guards. None and everything. of them are just,
1: none of them are really
2: point guards. That's the problem. None of them well, make, it's just, that, That's why I had to go with an is, actual point guard. He's not a, a good coach. one. <laughs> no, it's just yeah, even no. if you go in Dun Culver and have Levine off the bench, or Levine Culver, and have, it's just I no, just I, that's why I went with the Kobe White because I was like he's actually a point guard. And it doesn't look atrocious, as you know. The that's why I understand the the whole Culver thing, and and I'm with you. He's a better player and all that, but it's just like that whole guard situation's a gross mess, and I just I couldn't do it for the Bulls. Yeah,
1: well, I guess I could get that. Um, I like it because I mean <laughs> Culver, you you got Culver falling to eight, so that's good for my team. Um, but uh as far as I'm concerned for, for my particular um uh board or or, or uh, mock, um I also have him taking Kobe White. Culver obviously is off the board. Um he does make a lot of sense for them. He's six five, he's only got a six three wingspan, which is kind of that's kinda of weird. Um but uh but at six five, even with a six three wingspan, like he's still um of like you know, he's still a slightly bigger-than-average point guard, um, and I, I do think he, uh, he obviously has the athleticism. Um, he, his shot looked really good down the stretch of this season for North Carolina. Um, I, I do think he could be a, a reasonably good facilitator for them. Um, I, I don't have him ranked as, as my seventh overall guy, um, I have him closer to like eleventh or twelfth, I think. Um, but given that the Bulls need a point guard, um, I mean, what are you gonna do? Are you are you really gonna try to like take somebody else and then trade down? What do you? I don't feel like this is. I know everyone's saying all these teams should trade down. Well, if everybody wants to trade down, then like. Nobody wants to trade up, then what's the fucking point? No one's going to trade up. So I, I think the notion of a ton of teams trading down in this draft is stupid because there aren't any teams who want to trade up. Um, so uh, – or if they if they do end up trading up, you're not going to get very valuable assets back in return. Um, so, like, don't be stupid. Um, you know, don't roll the dice, you know, if you're Chicago, because maybe, you know, Atlanta just decides. Hey, you know, if you take somebody, Atlanta or Washington want, maybe they're just like, well, there's these other guys we want, and then Minnesota's like, oh, Kobe White just fell to us. Okay, cool. Like, we need a point guard, we'll take him, <laughs> and then you're fucked. So, like, yeah, just it, it, if you have it available and you don't think you have another creator on your team, yeah, just take the point guard and call it a day. Um, so that's kind of where I was looking at with, with my board. All right, moving on. Number eight, Atlanta Hawks. I assume you have them taking Jared Colter?
2: Actually, no, I have them taking Jared Colver. Um Marcus <laughs> right now helps out on a lot of team needs, a.k.a. defensively for um, – you guys, um, I think he'd play pair really well with Trey Young um, because you know, like you've been saying, um, he could uh, he could definitely facilitate the ball and run the team. But I don't feel like that's really what he likes to do. I mean, I feel like he you know he could definitely do it and create it on his own and help others. But I just feel like you know he could definitely get to a shot and he would just help out with Atlanta or just you know play really good team ball with the rest of them and just help that um, fun young Atlanta team. So. This is actually a, a big win for the Hawks because they kind of get their guy. and then Because, you know, like you said, I'm with you that I don't really see this, anyone jumping up for anyone kind of a draft. So it worked out perfect for Atlanta here, and they're getting a very solid player in Jared Culver. Yeah, I mean, I would be fucking thrilled if this happened. Like, uh, Jared
1: Culver on my um, big board is three. Uh, I have him ahead of R.J., Um, I wouldn't draft him ahead of RJ um, just because of the the ceiling that RJ could have. Um, But as far as, like, my personal big board, like, who I personally like the best, it goes Zion, Ja, Culver. Um, So, like, if we got him at eight, that'd be fucking amazing. Like, I I would be ecstatic. Um, Unfortunately... For me and my board, um, I have him going number four, so, um, you know, he's not available at eight. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he would be – to me, he is the number one guy for us right now. Like I said, I wouldn't trade up for him if it involved anything with eight and ten. Like, I I would give, like, eight and 35 to trade up for him Um, or – like, eight and um, you know, the the Cavs' protected first-round pick, or OKC's future-protected first-round pick, like, something like that. Like, I'd give up that. But I wouldn't give... There's no fucking way. I've seen a lot of things floating about, like, um, Hawks should give up eight and ten to move up to five. And I'm like, what? Like, no. Like, what that... No! That's, that's the dumbest fucking idea? Like, no. Um... So, like, there is a scenario where I could see us trading up to get him, but it wouldn't, like, just the way that this draft is, it wouldn't involve giving up a whole hell of a lot. And if we had to give up a whole hell of a lot, no, I'm not doing it. Um, But regardless, um, I look at this um, situation as far as what my board is. I feel like there are, um, at this juncture – Really two guys, maybe three, um, who the Hawks would look at. I think it would be Cam Reddish, um, Siku Dumboya, uh, or um, Nazir Little. Um, Personally, I would look at it and say this. I would say, look, Siku definitely has – to me he's the most unknown which means he has the highest ceiling um the cam ceiling is probably equally as high if, if we can ever get him to you know actually care um and you know the fact that we would have like a really good facilitator around him and trey young would probably help him out a lot um definitely the biggest wild card there is nazir little um I still really like his potential. His his the way his body is built is just the he's a fucking beast of an athlete. Um, but ultimately, I think we would go Cam Reddish. The Hawks have already been reported to be like intrigued by Cam Reddish. I don't think we would trade up for him uh, if he ends up going higher. But if he falls to us I def- at eight, I definitely think we'll take him. Um, and you know, I'd rather have Jared Culver, honestly. Like, like I much rather have Jared Culver, um, because of his, you know, uh, already sort of proven defense. The fact that he's, I think, a, a much better playmaker than Cam Reddish. Um, like all of the attributes that Cam Reddish gets somewhat praised for are, are theoretical, whereas those same attributes that apply to Jarrett Culver that people a lot of times dismiss are actually proven. Um, so I, I I think people just get somewhat infatuated with Culver's height and his length, um, and, which Culver doesn't have. Reddish does. Culver doesn't. Um, but uh, nevertheless, I, I would – Way rather have Culver, but in, in in you know the way I think things will shake out as of now, I think Reddish is the guy who falls to us, and we take him, and we try to you know make the best of of what we can there. Um, so I want to ask you just your brief thoughts on that before we move on to Washington.
2: No, I mean I, like I said, um, my I have a con- uh, like I, if you were to see the piece like my little Malka, I have him and Reddish flip flopped in mind, so I kept them. On- putting, you know, Reddish on the Hawks and Cavs taking Culver, and then I was just like, you know, because I just feel like those two people could switch. So, I did have Reddish for a while going to the Hawks. I mean, just, I do think he would work well with you guys, with being able to play with Young, who could pass the ball really well, him not having to be one of the bigger options, and just figuring out his own, and potentially hitting that, um what his feeling could be, because I don't want to hold a grudge on him when it's just there was a lot of intangibles, like a lot of things working against him at the Duke team, even though it was a really good Duke team. It's just it's when you have three players that are basically the same size and same positions, you're having to do a lot of it, weird things. But Reddish definitely got hurt the most being on a team. But like I, like I said, I in mine, I kept on flip-flopping him and Culver um, for this spot.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, dude, I've done the same fucking thing. Like, because a lot of the other things have been um, very similar. Obviously, I think you know the Hawks need wings. The the Cavs need wings. Cavs really need wings. Like even more than the Hawks do. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I I totally see where you're coming from. All right, Washington number nine.
2: Who you got there? All right, so the Wizards are interesting. There's still, um, you know, some people that uh, show a lot of upside. But um, I feel like for Washington, if they keep their team the way that they have and all that, they really need a center. Or if they're doing my thing where they trade with the Lakers and get Garland and and Ingram to say Ingram's completely good and all that, they still need a center. So I'm going with – I'm not going with the guy that can – that's kind of got injuries and kind of control a lot outside and bowl a bowl. I'm going with a guy that's just, you know, defensively, he really made a name for himself. I've been high on him. I I always told you I, I'd love him for the – I mean, if there's people that are not there for the Hawks to draft, I think he'd be good, and that's Jackson Hayes. Um, just You thinking, like him a lot. I do out of all the centers, man. I mean, dude, don't get me wrong. I really did like um, Porter, uh, but him just tearing so many ACLs, I'm not taking him at that high, I mean. I love like, and you know, um, did, it's, you know who I've got high on recently is is Goga. Go, go, Goga, yeah, I mean
1: that's just, that say.
2: I'm, if I'm Wizards fans, I mean yeah, he sounds great, but I mean and all, I mean I, if I'm Wizards fans, he doesn't sound like you're going to be like, who is this? Like, I need to get something like yeah, Jackson Hayes doesn't have that big of a name, but at least he played in the United States. Like, he people saw him maybe in college. Like, he was a good blocker and all that. So, I'm just. I think they gotta go center and I I I'm just high on Hayes right now. Like Gogo could be better in the long run, but I'm just going for right now and I just think Hayes yeah. Just uh, what he brings defensively is very good for the Wizards if they trade or if they keep Beal and Wall and now they have a kind of a defensive mind at center.
1: See, I'm just not that high on Hayes. Uh,
2: just in general, I'm not
1: I'm not high on taking a Defensive center at any point in the top 20, I would say, like, just, like, as a a rule of thumb, um, you gotta be, like, mind-blowingly good for me to, defensively for me to want to take you, um, like, especially at 9 or 10 or, you know, even, like I said, even 20, um, there's just so many guys out there who can give you that uh, nowadays, uh, and 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 again, you don't know what you're going to get from it. And then for me, like, it, like, like great defensive centers, um, they, they, you know, they're they're at least in today's NBA as of right now. And I think I think a lot of our lens, and and I'll be the first to admit this. A lot of our lens is collective lens is 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 um it, uh it goes through how the warriors operate and how good the warriors are without um said piece. And that doesn't mean that you know once their reign is done, like you know, the defensive center won't make a comeback. It's you know, it's impossible to predict these things, but like um, we've seen really, really fucking great defensive centers essentially get fucking played off the court um, in in the playoffs. You know, I mean, look at what, you know, the Rockets were able to fucking do to Rudy Gobert, who, you know, just got voted first-team All-NBA center. Um, it, like, I think Embiid was able to make a bigger impact than Gobert because he has a little more versatility, and he was going up against... A less potent um, guard, uh, 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 just a less potent backcourt, um, and and you know uh, I, I would say uh, the way that Philly runs their defense is a lot different than than, um, than Utah. So there's there's a lot of factors at play there. Um, but um, you know I mean he, he uh, Gobert was made. Ineffective Capella was made ineffective in the series uh, between Houston and Golden State. Um, like, I just wouldn't reach there. Like, he's not even going to be. He's not even in my watery. Um, um, and I don't know. Maybe I'm foolish. Maybe some team will will be super high on him. But like, because he has no like offensive skill set to bring to the table, I, I I'm not like super super high on him at all um he's like in that 20 range to me um just personally uh but um i i think i'm in the minority in in that thought process um but for me washington um given who you know has already been drafted on my board um i think they would have a couple different choices here I could see them going uh, Goga. I could see them going Siku. I could see them going Nas Little. Um, I could see them uh, potentially even going for a guy like Grant Williams, who I think I'm probably higher on than a lot of people. Um, I I think the fact that Washington is kind of, in my opinion, like a clean slate – Um, like you just out of outside of Beal and you're banged up John Wall, you have like nothing. Um, granted you, you know, you do have, um, uh, Troy, uh, who is a very versatile six, seven guy who can play one through three, but like we didn't see him play at all last year. So we don't really know what he has to offer. Um, but, um, I could see Williams being a good pick here, but for me personally, I'm going to go with the most potential upside of any of those guys. I'm going Seku Dumbuya. Um, I think um, he, he's got Boomer Bust written all over him. He could be, um, you know, just another guy that's in and out of the league, or, you know, he could be the next Pascal Siakam, um, or he could be like kind of maybe. He didn't – if you want to give him even more upside, he could be the bridge between Siakam and Antetokounmpo. Um, so, you know, I, I I just don't think at that point in time you pass up on that kind of upside. Um, honestly, I, I think the Hawks would even consider taking him over Cam at eight. Um, my biggest thing with him is he's so raw. Um he, he has played a lot of really good games recently, um, but it's just a question. Like you've got to get him in and sit down and talk to him and be like, like really pick his brain on how he reads the game because um, basketball IQ is going to be the make or break thing with him because um, he's got all of the the necessary um, physical attributes that you want um it's just, it's just always so hard to rank these um you know these these euro players cuz we just don't get to see them as much like you're relying on mixtape clips of them and you know you're hoping that you find um the mixtape clip of the guy who's like these are his strengths these are his weaknesses this is where he could fit um I haven't found one on Seiko like that yet. I found a ton of those on um, on Luca, and I was like, "Yeah, his weaknesses don't worry me. <laughs> like, I love the guy." Um, but like, you, you're not seeing as many of those on 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 these guys because they're not hyped or talked about as much as Luca was for good reason because they're not as good. Um, but nevertheless, I think that would be my pick for for the Wizards. I think you like kind of go bigger, or go home at that at that sort of range um and i think you know maybe you hit a home run and if you strike out like you're already gonna you're you're already in a hole so like it's like what what does it really matter i don't know what are your thoughts on that
2: no i mean i like that pick i thought you were gonna go with williams for a second there and i was gonna be like your williams is to my haze i was like because i have williams don't get me wrong i like williams a lot but uh Eight, I definitely have you, him way, way lower in my yeah. in my draft yeah. order. I mean, don't get me wrong, he'd be fun, but I think you know. Where I you're don't think at I haven't Florida. rated higher
1: than most people. I have him at like fifteen or fourteen, as far as my big board. Um, not as far as like my my draft, but like big board. Like he's like right in the middle of the first round for me. Like I I, I love his basketball IQ. It's just so off the chart.
2: Yeah, I mean so but no I do like Seiku. Um I I do see a lot of his um his raw his rawness is very intriguing. Um he I was watching a mixtape, it's funny you talking about I was watching a mixtape of today and um he's actually pretty good on the open court facilitating. Like um saw a couple of uh, different games where he just got the rebound and he's already ready, like dribbling up the ball or like instantly right off the rebound. He's looking right up and making these dime passes though. So. He does right. have a lot of upside it's just if I'm Wizards fans I'm just I'm not in the mood to draft these, you know, potential really good foreign people. I've gone through enough. I finally got away from Grunfield. I wanna kinda of see something and so that's why in my and Hayes makes it over, you know, go go and him just because if I'm watching fans I've been through a lot.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I feel you. Um Like it's uh I I think it's a it's a case of floor over ceiling. Um or for me, ceiling over floor. And like there's like I go back and forth on these things. I'm not I'm not a guy who's like always take one or the other. Like it just it 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 just depends. Um it depends on how you see a team and how you see a fit and everything else and positionally and it it it's a fluid, um uh a of a, a fluid um structure, if you will. Um but yeah, no, nah, I mean I, I I don't hate the pick for you you know, for you. I just I just I I just for me personally, I I just I would just I I guess I'm speaking more from personal like uh you know uh from from a point of passion, like I would hate it if the Hawks drafted Jackson Hayes. Like I I as much as I I'm not a bull bull guy, um, at all. I'd I'd almost rather rather a strap bull bull. Just because like at least there's like this high upside potential. Um I it like his defense just worries me. His defense is fucking atrocious. Um but uh nevertheless, without further ado, let's use that as a transition. Uh
2: Hawks, number ten. Who you got? Hawks actually in my draft, um, really works out well and not saying, you know, want to be uh like a big hawk player and just like I said, I just I went with, you know, fit someone I think, you know, works best. But um they're looking out and they get getting DeAndre Hunter. Um definitely failed to him. Yeah. There's no reason <laughs> not to take them. I mean you could up, go with... if we got Jarrett Culver and DeAndre Hunter, dude, I would be fucking thrilled. <laughs> yeah, like you could go with the uh, Seiku um uh, or even like I've seen people have been taking Hayes here, but he's gone off my board. It's just I just Hunter and Culver just seem like the perfect duo for putting next to Collins and Treyon because you got two really good yeah, defensive so minded good. people next to two terribly I mean to literally the worst ranked defensive players in their respective positions. So you're you're helping that out with people. And they're three point guys to just dish them out to and, and all that. So yeah, Hawks um even though I feel like they're the one team that kind of got screwed in the mock draft uh, order, um, look out just because just not that I want them to do this way. It's just it's the way that you know I kind of see things and all that. And yeah, no reason not to pick you under Hunter up. You'd be foolish to do that. Skip over him here. Yeah, no, dude.
1: Like that'd be amazing if you fell to us at ten. Um, I I would be super surprised if the Wizards passed on him, but um I think you know the fact that they do um they they do have uh uh shit i already forgot his name um <laughs> he's he's so unforgettable because he didn't play the dude from Oregon that they drafted seventeen last year um you know they have him um and he's you know essentially a, a three he's six seven he he played point guard uh back in high school but um but, like, you know, I expect him to get more minutes next year. Um, so maybe, like, they would, you know, go for a big. Um, but, yeah, like, if if that were to happen, like, fuck, man, I'd be so happy. Like, yeah, like, those having two defensive, you know, players surrounding our, our two main guys and then Alex Lynn, and then that would totally free us up to, like, be able to, you know, shop Ben – Bembry and, um, and, uh, Prince, um, who are obviously on expiring deals, um, you know, restricted free agents, but nonetheless, like, you know, I think you would shop them to see what you could get for them. say so you did have to pay them next year. Um, but yeah, like that, that would think like that you're literally, you have described my, my, my best case scenario for my team. <laughs> so I, I do appreciate it. Um, even if it was not your intent. Um, for me personally, uh, as as far as how, you know, my mock has gone up to this point, um, I think if you have Kim Radish at number eight, um, I think you look at uh, having somebody who could fit another kind of wing, wing position. Um, again, I'm not reaching on a center here. If I was... If I were to do that, I would I would definitely go with um, uh, Gogo Gadget a, uh which is my, my nickname for him uh, at this point in time. Um, but uh, I wouldn't do that. I I don't necessarily like how he would pair with Collins because again, like Collins, not a good defender. Goga not a, not projected to be a good defender. Um, you don't want your two front court guys to not be good defenders. Um, so I would go with I would go with Naz uh, Nazir Little. Um, he does have the potential to be a good defender, as does Cam Reddish. Um, he he's got the fucking NBA body. Um, he is um, was very underwhelming, but mainly because he didn't like earn like, playing time. Like, that was the thing. Like, it's not that he didn't, like, play decent when he was on the court. He just didn't, like, he didn't get on the court. Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot of that uh, can be chalked up to, and, and plenty of people have said this, and I agree that, um, you know, him picking to go to North Carolina um Maybe wasn't the best fit because how Roy Williams likes to play like a too big lineup. Um, When he did get to play in the tournament, he did look pretty good. Um, He had like a five minute span. I can't remember who they were playing. Um, I want to say it was in the second round of the tournament, Um, but he had like a five minute span in the tournament where he was just like killing it. Um, And, you know, that, that kind of gave me, like, some kind of glimpse as to what potentially maybe he could be. Um, and that, like, basically made me be like, all right, well, maybe he's not, like, a 15, 16, 17 guy. Maybe he is, like, a 9, 10, 11, 12 guy. Um, and the fact that we would, like, in my opinion, we need wings, uh, I, I would just take him and see what you can make of him just the same way that I did with Cam, um, and and for me, the biggest reason why you do that is you don't know if Cam's going to pan out. You don't know if Little's going to pan out. You're hoping that one of them, at least one of them, is going to pan out. If they both do great, like you know, we'll figure out how we, you know, structure the lineup so that they all get minutes. Um, but like. I don't think you can rely on either one of those guys to, to really pan out. So, um, you know, it, they're they're basically an insurance policy for one another, in my opinion, um, and and that's kind of my reasoning uh, for going with both of those two guys instead of going for a big. Who you know, I just think that if if the Hawks really want to get a big, which I don't think we need, we got four of them like Collins not a true center but he's a big uh Amari Spellman not a true center but he's a big and then we got Lynn and we got Plumlee for another year unless we waive him or whatever um but like there's four of those guys on our roster already um I'm not in any rush to like go for a big you know, outside of if we had gotten the number one pick, which I would have been like, all right, we're taking Zion and we're going to, like, reconstructure, you know, everything. Um, but, yeah, I, I I think, you know, our, our wing depth is not as great as I would like it to be, and so, like, that is essentially what I would be looking at. Uh, and I think the fact that, like, Cam would have this, super long reach, um, and little would have, uh, he's, he's obviously a lot shorter, he's only 6'6", um, but he's got the, I want to say 6'11", or 6'10", wingspan, um, and then, uh, you know, he's obviously, like, super strong, like, he's fucking built like a tank, um, so, like, the, the, Fact that you could utilize those guys as your three four, however, you wanted to work that out depending on what other teams you were going against. Whether you needed height at the four or strength at the four, you would have options there. Um, or you know whether you needed uh, foot speed at three or you know physicality at three. Again, you'd have options there. So that is that is where my thought process is. Um, what do you think about little going 10? Is that too high for you for little?
2: It's not too high. I just don't like it. Um, you're just getting the same player and Cam It's There's too much, too much, um, question marks and too much things. I gotta really help you and get you through. And, um, I know like I, I'm reverse of you. I'm taking a big right here. letting they say whoever, I mean, I, like I said, I like defensive people and, but you I mean, you guys do have a lot of bigs, but none of them are really caliber that I'm building around. And, like, don't get me wrong. You're taking the best available players, and which makes sense. It's just they're the same player. They're the same position. Um, and so it's just – See, I don't think so, though.
1: I think, I think in positionless basketball, they – like I said, depending on matchups, they're very different um, as far as, like, one's got height, one's got length and foot speed, the other's got strength, and um, he's, I mean, he's got the wingspan, he doesn't have the height, um, but, like, the, the, I think they're very different in in that sense, as far as, like, defensively, and then offensively, I actually think Little has more potential as, as somebody who can create for himself. We didn't see a lot of that um, in, in North Carolina. I don't think he really had a chance to to really showcase it. Um, but I, I, I think they, um, I would say this, they, they have equal upside to me as far as um, being able to create their own offense. Um, I, I could see why you wouldn't like it. I I think a lot of Hawks fans would be like, why are we like, why wouldn't we just take like, you know, a small forward and a center. That's what we need, a small forward and a center. Um, but like, to me, like, again, you just don't know that, what you take is going to work out. Um and and the fact that we I I feel like we really need wings. Um I'm just going to take two wings, hope that they both work out, but if only one of them works out, well, hey, at least I got one of them to work out whereas, you know, if you take a wing in a center and then your wing doesn't work out, well, and, but you do have a decent center, like well, okay. Um but we don't have you know the most important position in the
2: NBA today. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand. Just, I just see a lot of um. You're trying to hit gold on one, in and my thought process right. there. Yeah,
1: I mean exactly. Uh, like, hey, if we could get like, if if our two <laughs> wing players that we could draft were fucking Culver. And Hunter, like, that, I'd be fucking great. I'd fucking love it. Um, But, like, my mock just doesn't have that panning out for us. Um, But I can understand why you'd be like, if Little is the guy that you're taking there, maybe you should just go with a big because of the bigs that are available. But I'm just not blown away by any of them. Like, Goga is my my favorite out of any of them. But, uh, again... There's a lot of question marks there, and you know, I would, I would even like Seku above Little, but I, again, I think, I think Washington ends up like taking him. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right, uh, moving on.
2: Number eleven, Minnesota. <clears throat> All right, so um, you already kind of got at me for taking the reach earlier. So this is um, this is going to be a very high reach in a lot of people's eyes, but. You kind of watch the draft combine. He um, really, in my mind, helped his stock out the most. And I'm going to kind of go on this a little bit more. So by Minnesota, I'm already at $110 million next year in caps. So I pretty much don't have anything. So I don't really want to spend any money. And I kind of want to draft and stash. And I think Seku is not a guy that you draft and stash. I think he's definitely kind of need to get him over here. And make his rawness like figure out the game like Giannis, but um, I went with a guy that just really showed good range. He stroked the ball from the three point. Um, definitely was the best one out of scrimmage. And then he stopped. He didn't compete in the second day because the team promised him. And that's a uh, Luca I think I pronounced that Samenic? Samenich? Are you fucking? Yes. You
1: took Lucas Samenich at eleven?
2: Yeah. I'm uh, drafting Sash, baby. I'm Minnesota. I'm on 110. Yeah. He's dude. He's got a lot of that stroke, man. And him next to Cat later on, you know. Dude, you've already and, got Darius Sarge. I know he plays right behind Sarge, man. I'm drafting and this guy just like he kind of did with Sarge. And then when he's ready, he plays behind him. I mean, I need to save as much money as I can about Minnesota. I'm in Cat Nightmare almost, not Nightmare because there's a lot of other teams, but I'm already just. Stuck with this team that I have unless I want to start Training some people from it So I just you know I, I went with the guy that he. If you keep him If you trap him now and you just Stash them away in a couple of, in a year Or even a couple of years Once you get more free money because After this next after the next following season they, they free up a lot of space So you can bring them over and I just I like them coming off the bench around Sarge And two good powerful forward cheers around him I mean you if you watched the combine, he had a good oh he was three great. point stroke. He was he was, the was biggest winner of the combine. So I just went with um. I got don't get me wrong, I I like Seku, but I just don't feel like he's that type of player. He's so raw that he needs to just like Giannis, he needs to come instantly into the NBA and start figuring it out and, and really get good. But Luca, I feel like you can still keep him overseas. His shot's just gonna get better and more confident then. You bring him off the bench and now you're going Dario and him. It's just really good spreading power forwards for Carl Anthony Towns who have all wow. made a commitment to in the end.
1: Dude, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah like you mentioned it pre-show. You were like, I have some fucking hot takes. That's a fucking hot take. Like, I <laughs> I, I think that he is Um, he's definitely risen off the board. He's going to probably be in my opinion a early to mid-20s pick so we'll say between 20 and 26 um uh, you know after his combine performance because it was fantastic he was absolutely bar none the biggest winner of the combine um I think the only guy who maybe could hold a torch to that is Nicholas Claxton um UGA baby uh but um yeah. um, Man, I – that's crazy. That is fucking insane to me. No, I, I, I could could not conceive of them doing that. But hey, like, you know, you got your reasons. I mean you laid them out pretty nice. Um, I, I feel like if you were to do that let, – let me just say this. If you were to do that, wouldn't you be shopping Dario Saric at that point though? Like, wouldn't you be trying to trade him for, like, a point guard?
2: Not for another year. Like I said, I mean, I could go for for a year, have him stashed out, and then once I lose Teague's terrible contract off my books and and um, mm. Jiang's um, terrible contract off my books. That's two more years. But, year, year. Yeah. Now, but now I can kind of, like, you know, I can now think about, I can package Dario with another bad contract. It's I want to get him more, like, yeah, but his trade gotta, value yeah. higher. So I wanna Dario's definitely an make start. Dario's
1: that an is. expiring, so you like you, you gotta you gotta re him and then you're looking at trading your re signed contract, so you'd have to wait until I guess uh December, um of not this upcoming December, but the following December. Um I don't know, like I I think in, in that case I'd I would be looking at trading Dario. Um like to st- or at least put him on the market to see like what what caliber of you know backup point guard on some other team who could maybe be a starter on our team would um, that it, it could fetch, um, but yeah, I mean, it would be tough. I mean, Dario is like really good. Um, I I still don't think he's been put in the best scenario for him, um, whether it at was in Philly or or now in Minnesota, which I think is even worse. Um, I think, I think he's a better facilitator than he's been, um, able to, uh, to, to really, um, uh, show. Um, and and I don't think he's as much as like this corner three shooter. I think he's more, um, uh, the post off the dribble, um, scoring the paint kind of guy, um, And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Interestingly enough, though, I also have a power forward going here, um, despite them really needing a point guard. uh, Because Brandon Clark fell this far for me, um, to me it's just like you have to go Brandon Clark. Um, If you compare Brandon Clark, who, like, the biggest hangup with him is, well, he can't shoot. Well, you know what? I've got a fucking center who shoots over 40% for 3. So I'm not that worried about him not being able to shoot. Um yeah, let me pair those two guys up. And the fact that Brandon Clark plays like elite fucking defense and can like rotate um and is uber fucking athletic. Uh yeah, let me let, let me let me get that uh to go alongside with Cat and see where we get there. Um, I see, and that's the thing, like, because if he fell to them, I think you obviously take him because of the fit. Um, And then, like, I totally think, like, you um, try to look for what you can get for I I, At this point, I don't expect it to be nearly as much as it would have been going into, you know, last season, um, because he played great for you know uh, Philly throughout the year, he didn't play great in the playoffs, but he played great throughout the year. Um, but he like once he got traded to Minnesota, he just he just kind of disappeared. Honestly, um, but maybe you could get some kind of value for him, um, some kind of uh, like honestly again, what you really want is like some kind of point guard who can maybe be like of some kind of promise. Um, See, like, I would be thinking, if I'm them, maybe if Phoenix drafts or trades for a point guard, maybe you say, hey, Phoenix will give you Sarich for, like, Ely Okobo and a future first. or like, And they have that, that Milwaukee first next year, so maybe that works. Um, or maybe DeAnthony Melton and a future first. Um, like, some like look for some kind of trade like that where you could at least have somebody who you could, like, watch behind Teague um, in his final year and, like, just kind of see what you can get out of them. Um, maybe it's nothing, but, like, you know, I don't – like, if I'm taking a power forward, I don't necessarily want to extend Saric anyway. Um, so, yeah, especially with my cap space. Situation with Wiggins and Towns, um, especially Wiggins. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, your thoughts on that before we move on? Don't no, you think yeah, Clark you didn't would be like
2: an amazing fucking fit with Towns. Like, it'd be no, Clark's no. Great, if you right? didn't pick, if you didn't pick Clark right there, I was gonna be mad. No, trust me. The only reason I have Clark going to the Suns is because he just. It's just him, him playing against Aiton and Carl Anthony Towns makes perfect sense to help out on what they're terrible at. Well, I want to say right. Clark. Cat has more defense defensive upside. He just kind of just zones out and gets you know he does. just so yeah. But no, Clark definitely in your board. If you didn't draft him right here, I would have just been like, no. I, like any person, I'd just have of like no, no, no. Yeah, no,
1: and I would uh, I would totally uh, understand that.
2: Um, all right, uh, Charlotte. Number twelve. Whew. All right, Charles is a uh, shitstorm of an organization. I was gonna say, <laughs> first things first.
1: Like we 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 only have about five minutes left for these last three teams, so keep that in mind. Um, but
2: first gonna, things first. I'm gonna make this real sure,
1: quick. Uh, well, Kimba, well, I want to ask you this. Kimba just uh, made 13 All NBA. Do you do you extend him? Do you give him the supermax?
2: No. Please. No. Frank. I mean, yes, it makes sense. It makes sense that, you know, you want to do it to your guy and all that. But, no, now you can do nothing to, to build around him, like literally nothing to build around him. So now we're just stuck in this Hornets limbo where they love to be at and it's just like we're just a mediocre team. But we're not mediocre where we can almost slip into the playoffs. We'll just always be in this 9 to 13 range in, in the lottery That's draft. Absolutely not worst range. Just, I think they need to let Kim go, and for my pick, um, there's just nothing, you know, that, you know, now that I have my team, in my mind, Kim has gone, so I just went with the guy that just maybe has the most possible raw upside, and that's, Sekou uh, you, um, just because I feel like, you know, what do you have to lose now, Charlotte? I mean, you might have a very athletic, you know, with him and Miles playing next to each other. And, True. you know, Malik Monk, and it's just like you're just going in a – you finally decided to go complete full rebuild and like Kimba walk. So I went with, you know, just a guy that – very big question mark. There's no one out there right now. Yeah, you could go Little for me. You go Romeo Langford or Kevin Porter, but I just think like right now if I'm Hornets, I want to go complete rebuild. And I think, you know, uh, Sekou just – It's just a lot of question marks, but a lot of like, ooh, wow, if I can just get him over here and really just put him around some talent, what can we get out of him? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think if he falls that far, he's
1: definitely who I would take there Um, because he's already off my board. Um, I'm going to take the guy – I'm going to take the cousin of the guy they should have taken last year, Um, who actually they did take and traded who they should have traded. I'm going to take – uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um and this is this is a huge um reach for most people. Um I think he's ranked around twenty for most uh most boards. I have him ranked higher than most. I think I have him at fourteen. Um but like for me he is six five uh obviously he is um Shay Gilgis, Alexander's cousin. Um, dude, he's six five. He is a playmaker, a creator. He can get his own shot. Um, he kind of fits all a, a lot of similar boxes to Shay. He's less of a point guard, more of a shooting guard. But I think you could craft him into a point guard. Um, and him being six five, he could potentially work next to Malik Monk. Who is six foot three? Um, so you could play those two guys together in the backcourt with bridges um, at your three or your four position, depending on um, how you fill out that roster. Um, I think that is, to me, um, the absolute best fit. And because there's not any, there doesn't, for me, because like Sekou's gone and like any of the like boomer bus guys are gone outside of bull bull who I just, I'm totally out on now. Um, I don't, I don't think there's necessarily like a better guy for them to pick, um, at, at this current position. I just think he would be great for them. I think they should have taken Shea last year. Um, because I think, um, Shea, a backcourt of Shea and, um, uh um uh what's his name uh would have would have fit so fucking great um and you know like don't make the same mistake twice take the the super oversized guy who can run your point and just roll with it since you have such an undersized shooting guard um and you know like i i i think that makes a lot of fucking sense um, but yeah, I, I would like to see them do that. I don't think they will. I don't think he's high enough on most people's boards, um, for them to do that. But I am really high on him. I really fucking like his game, dude. He played so fucking good at Virginia tech. Um, and I don't think he gets enough credit. I don't think he gets enough praise. Um, and I don't think he, he, he I don't think Shea got enough praise. You know, you and I had the debate last year, um, like I said, Shea would be the second best point guard of that draft. I think you took Sexton, um, and I I think you can make an argument for either one, but I would definitely like feel like like Shea um, has has the better future going forward. Um, and part of that is you know the the team that he's on and and the surroundings and everything. But um, but yeah, I I I think Shea is going to be really good. I think nikhail Alexander Walker could be equally as good. Um, so if I'm Charlotte and I'm not going to keep Kimba, that's the guy I'm taking because, again, I just think he pairs very well with what you got, and I don't think there's necessarily a better option um, – a, a certainly not a better option that pairs well with what you got. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, Miami Heat, number 13, who you got?
2: I'm just going to make these two quick because they're just not really that big of a deal in my mind. Just um, sure. kind of went with he, I just go with Kevin Porter. Um, it really came down to him and Romeo Langford right here. I could go with Nick yes, Alexander, but I just feel like I just go with Kevin Porter. And then Celtics, I feel like there's a person who just fell into Danny's lap who really likes these long, crazy, uh, like power forward, small forward kind of guys. And I'm with Nazir Little. Just uh, I feel like he just has Danny Ainge written all over him. If he falls to 14, there's no reason not to take him here.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I totally agree with you. I think that makes a lot of sense. I also have Kevin Porter Jr. going to Miami on my board. Um, kind of funny how he, like, we have so many different picks, but both, I think he both ended up uh, for us there. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I, I think he makes a lot of sense. He's got a lot of upside, but he's got a lot of robust potential. Um uh, his free throw shooting absolutely I find concerning. He shot like fifty seven percent from the line or something like that. Um but from the, for the season. Uh and that is super concerning. Um but he actually shot like a reasonable clip from three, which is weird. Um but uh yeah, I, I think his athleticism and everything he could bring to the table, obviously he's got the off the court issues too, but I don't think Miami, Pat Riley and them would really concern themselves too much with that. I think he makes a lot of sense there. Um for the Celtics, I um because he's still on my board and because maybe you could convince him to be a draft and sash, I got Goga Bedazzi, Gogo gadget Bedazzi. Um I I I think he would be a very interesting pick for them, regardless of whether he would actually consider being a stash, if you would be if he if he would be cool being a stash, that'd be the absolute best case scenario um, for the Celtics, and yeah, that that would be amazing for them. But if you wouldn't, I would still take him because um, you only got Horford uh, for like guaranteed for one more year if he opts in. Um, he's obviously older, so he doesn't necessarily fit your timeline anymore. If you're if you're building around your young core, I don't think you like. Yeah, there's all this talk about like Terry Rozier. He's like you're talking shit about the franchise. He's it's definitely gone. Like I don't necessarily buy into that. Like I, and regardless, you still got Marcus Smart. You still got, like you got a young core of of guards and forwards. You don't have um, to me because I don't have a lot of faith in Robert Williams. I never did. Um, I, 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 think you got, if you can get somebody that skilled, um, and who can like shoot, uh, can handle the ball pretty well is a very adequate passer. Um, he's not going to ever be an elite defender, but like maybe at some point you could plug someone beside him who could be, um, I think perimeter defense is way more important nowadays, especially in the playoffs than post defense. Um, I think post-defense is, like, super important in the regular season, not as important in the playoffs because you get switched off people, um, and, you know, the fact that, like, you know, if you're Rudy Gobert and you get switched on to fucking Steph Curry, you're going to get smoked, um, and that's just the way it is, um, you know, if you're, if you're Gogo Bidace, uh, you know, the fact that maybe – you're not the best post defender. I don't think means as much in in the long run um, in the near future. Um, So I don't know. I think that would be a great pick. Honestly, I wouldn't even be mad if my Hawks took him at 10. Um, I really like this guy. He's, he's, uh, I think he's up. He's the number one true center on my board right now. Um, And I think I have to really go back and take a look at it. I've, I've, been struggling with how i'm going to rank these guys for ne- my next big board but he's like in between like 11 to like 13 like right in that pocket um so like if he's available for the celtics i would take him and try to convince him to draft and stash what are your thoughts there
2: oh i absolutely hate it i hate to tell you that so much um i wish <laughs> you would have taken him at 10 so now the little would fall um I'm not a person that I don't want a big center from international I just don't think they've ever panned out like but there this right now there it's very hard to say but I just for your board I'd rather go with a PJ Washington here um if we got to go you know he's he's he might not have as the bigger ceiling or Kentucky your or or if I had to go with the center that I could maybe not driving and stash and just injured I take Jonte Porter too. Um, I just I'm not big on GoGo. I just I need to watch him a lot more. I need to see him wow, play. Wow, Jonte Porter. i a lot. ACL tears.
1: Keep in mind, I still have Jackson
2: Hayes available. I <laughs> you know, can just but, take Jackson okay. Hayes. Oh, I, I forgot you had Jackson. I'm just one of those guys that I really need to see bigs from Europe play against like big size athletes from the United States that are faster and all that. It comes to a very disadvantage when you come over and you're big, you know, smaller guards can do it a lot easier. And it's just – I just – I'm not – I just I really need to see him play more, and I'm I'm not one of the right, guys. Right, you don't like I just, that's it, that's okay. I, I think – I'd rather have him at 20. I'd rather – if I could get him at 20, I would take him at 20. That's where I'm also at, too. I feel like he would fall to 20. I don't think too, he'll be available way. at 20. I don't like it. I don't, I like don't know. It. I don't even
1: know if he'll be available at 14, man. He's rising up a lot of boards. Very quickly, and when we see guys do that, they usually are not available at 20. Um, but you know, hey, uh, I, I mean, Herter did that too, and he went at 19, so maybe, um, there was someone who did that the year before too. Oh, uh, the fuck, dude, of course, it was Donovan Mitchell, um, uh, and he ended up going at 13, so like, um, I don't know, it's just hit or miss with those guys who like just jump up boards, you know, um. I, it, it, I, I think you just never know um, but no I mean I feel you I, like you're expressing some of the same concerns I have with taking regardless like well I don't want to take it big in general um, but like I don't know out of all the bigs I think he has the most upside I really do um, just the, the fact that he um, I, and I guess to me because I'm kind of like buying into that Travis Schlink logic. I want guys who can dribble pass and shoot. Like this kid can dribble pass and shoot at, at you know six eleven um and and you know with the what whatever wingspan. I think it's like seven two or whatever. Um but uh yeah he's the only center in this in this uh this draft who can dribble pass and shoot other than Bull Bol, who can't really actually can't really pass uh can dribble and shoot um but can't do shit on defense and it's just yeah has the foot injury and god i like let's not end this just talking shit about mobile a lot of my my fellow hawks fans really like him so i don't i don't feel like i should do that um but uh regardless um any any final thoughts before we wrap it up here luke
2: no, I just I think it's going to be a very interesting draft. Um, I see a lot of movement going on a- everywhere. It's not even in the top ten. I feel like even some teams trying to just trade their picks and being like, I'm going to add this pick to this terrible contract. Please get it off my books. So I just this one's like I said, it's just me and you differ big time. Everyone's going to differ. It's right after you hit your your t- your top three players. It's just it really comes on preference and, and who you like and I don't feel like there's a lot of scouts that are out there like seeing eye to eye and, and all that, even like on the same team like working as scouts and all that, I just feel like it's all over the place for a lot of teams and I feel like there's gonna be this draft might have a lot of movement on the night of or right after a lot of the people got traded from their respective drafted teams. Yeah. I mean that's that's gonna be the way it goes, man. Because after three,
1: it's a fucking shit show. Like, it, it, everything's up in the air. And then also you have all the Anthony Davis trade rumors. Um, there's going to be the Bradley Beal trade rumors. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be so much fun to watch. And what a time to be alive, to be an NBA fan. It, it's going to be great. Um, but, hey, uh fun show. Thanks, as always, Luke, for joining uh, me for uh, you know our uh, mock drafts. Uh, always enjoy it. Uh, thanks, man, and I uh, look forward to having you back soon.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Peace out. Peace, brother. All right, y'all. Be sure
1: to uh, check out... Uh, we got a few more things coming down the pipe. We got next week we're going to do our uh, uh Finale awards for the season, we've had a lot of those uh, uh, all-team NBAs uh, list drop this week. So we're going to be breaking down the hours as far as uh, those and our, our MVP votes and all those other things. Uh, and then also Geek Vibes Live uh, this weekend, so be sure to check that out as well. I know we're going to be breaking down that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer, so uh, be sure to check in to that. Until then, peace.